0: On March 16, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alameen, a Muslim leader and former Black Power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosey Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tenderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. David Mack was an LAPD officer who had once been a world-class class track athlete. In fact, he was number one rated 800-meter uh, runner in the world. And right before the 84 Olympics, hurt his leg, was persuaded to join the LAPD, and had a pretty impressive police career, it seemed, uh, until he was arrested for one of the biggest bank robberies in L.A. history, which he was caught on film committing. And after that, it was it came out very quickly that he was a member of the Bloods Gang, mm-hmm. was a member of the Nation of Islam, which pro- he proclaimed both those things immediately after his arrest to other inmates and, and to the cops as well, uh, and had this connection to death row records, right. uh, which really was something he grew up with because he and Shug Knight grew up in the same neighborhood. When he was arrested for the bank robbery, got a lot of clues that linked David Mack to Biggie's murder and linked a, a civilian associate of, of uh, David Mack's as well.
1: He's ruthless, man. Look at, I mean, what did he get nailed for while at Rampart? Nothing. Uh, The bank robbery. We know for a fact there were other people involved in that bank robbery. That guy kept his mouth quiet. He never cooperated. He never admitted it. And he went to trial. And he did his 14 years or whatever in federal prison. And they never found the money. I mean, that tells you the, the, the mental makeup of that guy. He's capable of anything.
2: As we ended production of Season 1 of The Dossier, I had begun a quest to track down the alleged co-conspirators of the plot to murder Biggie, notorious ex-LAPD officers Rafael Perez and David Mack. After being unable to locate Perez, who now goes by the name Ray Lopez, I wasn't feeling all that confident about my chances of getting Mack on the phone. I dialed the first of a few possible phone numbers that i tracked down for david hello is uh david mac there Yes, yeah,
3: this is david
2: how are you sir my name is don sikorsky i'm a television producer in new york city
3: i was okay don how are you?
2: I, i'm doing okay i was curious you know i i know you worked for the lapd and have a tremendous story I'm wondering if you would ever decide to to tell it in a in a television show or a book.
3: More in the book.
2: Are you working on a book?
3: Um, no, but see, there's there's one version now, but it's more on athletics about a personal friendship that a person
2: had with me. Uh huh. That and that was with your time at the Oregon athletics when you ran yeah, track. When you ran track. Yeah. And so you not the stuff you're
3: interested
2: in you wouldn't be interested in telling your story in a on a platform or on a TV series. You'd be more interested in a book
3: well, um I'm not saying no
2: I see it would it would have that to be, would be what the what the deal was
3: there you go of
2: and course. and have people approached you in the past, yeah. And you've have turned everyone down.
3: Uh, more or less, yeah. I mean, that's why we're here now. <laughs> yeah.
2: And is and is that and is that because it was it all came down to money? The deal was not, or they just weren't serious enough.
3: A combination of a combination of the both bad, um, um, control, um, just a lot of things like that. Yeah, yeah. Put your cards on the table, and I'll bet what you have, and comes in the blue.
2: And as far as the the stuff that went on at the LAPD, are you willing to go down that road and talk about that stuff? Is there anything that prevents you from talking about that stuff?
3: Um, I don't think so. Okay, we have to explore that.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, how about this? I'm. A, I'll put an email together um with with what i'm thinking and we can go from there how about that
3: i like that let's start a dialogue okay
2: david thank you as i hung up the phone so many thoughts raced through my head i have to admit even in that brief initial phone call his charisma was evident it was easy to see how this man became one of the ringleaders of the criminal activity inside the lapd that ended with a takeover style bank robbery, like the Michael Mann movie Heat, David Mack for 20 years has been an enigma. While Mack is much older than he was during his criminal heyday, statements from many of those questioned about Mack also ran through my head. Nino Durden, a copy worked with, when questioned by FBI agent Phil Carson, stated simply, you don't fuck with Mac. Hardened gangsters inside federal pens told investigators that they wanted no part of going against Mac, with one telling them, yeah, prison is a long time, but dead is forever. I needed some advice on my next step, so minutes after I got off the phone with Mac, I called Phil Carson. Hey, buddy. We talked with you, huh? <laughs> yeah, for 10 minutes. Wow. What do
1: you have to say?
2: You know, so you can you could tell me if you agree with how I played it because I felt playing it the other way would have just got the, the phone hung up on my face, you know? So I wanted to get as much audio as possible on him. Uh-huh. So basically... I never in a million years thought he was going to – let's start there, that he was going to answer the fucking phone or that is actually – I would agree, Right? So the fucking second ring he picks up and I'm like, uh, you know, can I – is David Mack there? And like this is him. And I said, is this the David Mack that previously worked at the LAPD? And he was like, yeah. And I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a TV producer based out in New York City. And I said, you know, I'm curious if you have ever thought about your story as it relates, you know, to your time at the LAPD. If you've ever thought about doing a movie or a TV show or a book. And I said, well, is there anything that's preventing you from telling your story as it relates to what happened at the LAPD and he kind of paused and he was like no I said okay and I said have you ever been contacted before as it relates to telling your story and he said yeah and I said well what what happened you know in that process I said was it was it money, was it, you know, people weren't serious, and he said, you know, it was a little bit of both, um, and, and I said, I said something like, you know, well, if, you know, would you be interested, and, and he kind of laughed, and he was like, well, that's why I'm talking to you, (laughs) so, at that point, what I said is, is I said, you know, I said I asked I asked him again. I'm like, you're sure that you know you can talk about your time at the LAPD, and he reassured me, yeah. And I said, all right, well, you know, I, I read him his email, right? And he sounded surprised that I had his email address too, along with his number. Yeah. So I and I said, well, well, let I'm I'm going to send you an email, and he said, okay, well, why don't we get a dialogue going, and and. And I said, well, I'll I'll, I'll send you an email and and we can talk. Now, here's the thing. I feel like if I bombarded him with the obvious, he's going to hang up in my face, you know?
1: I think you handled it
2: perfect, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, the question then becomes, you know, what, what, what would get this guy to talk? And here's the thing that I find fascinating. He was never... Was he ever charged with anything in Rampart?
1: No. Nobody was.
2: So he can talk about all of the ramp. He can talk about the bank robbery because it's fucking adjudicated and you would hope that in talking about that stuff that he then would go on the record about the biggie shit. You know what I mean? I think two things are
1: going to happen. One is when you send him an email, he I mean, common sense tells me he's going to Google your name.
2: Well, yes, that's and, and that.
1: Once, once that happens, he's going to realize you're the guy doing the dossier and, and you know, all that. Because there'll be probably a million stories and this and that that come up on all that. And so it probably will take him a little bit of time and he'll listen. But I'll tell you what, Don, when I talked to him, he was so engaging and so sadistic at the same time and he was just kind of like laughing and joking around and i'll I'll remember this the day i die i finally looked at him i said you're wasting your fucking time you're wasting my fucking time um and 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 I, i i i got i almost got pissed at him without but at the same time realizing don't get him too mad because at some point, this guy's getting out of prison, and I don't want him coming fucking looking for me. And so That's, I that's actually
2: the vibe you got from him, huh?
1: A hundred percent. And then I actually, me and I, I had another agent who was from the local office, and I got up and I said, I'm fucking out of here. And then he goes, no, 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 man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He goes, let's go ahead and sit down, let's go ahead and talk and stuff. And by the way, <laughs> I have that, that's all written up in my, my 302 of his.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
1: I sat back down and we talked and I could tell at that point he wasn't going to give me a thing. He just wanted somebody to talk to now. Like it was eating him up, but at the same time he was, he felt like he was like being able to play me and it's just he was, he, he is the most, that guy's got the devil written all over him. And I thought at this point, okay, two things. One is, I don't want this guy coming after me and killing me someday. So I'm going to make sure I talk sports now with him and just like engage with him like I'm a friend. But I'll tell you, man, that guy, he has got the fucking devil in him and he is, he is, he is a sociopath from the word go. So I'm just kind of wondering if he's going to, he'll probably engage with you in, in conversation and he'll be using that to try to pry information or trying to find all about you, which is fine, but I'm just curious on how he's going to react when he finds out who you actually are.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's funny, right? I thought about that a lot, and, you know, I guess if you Google my name, you're obviously going to see a lot of stuff, right? Um
1: But, I, yeah, but I would just think that that with all the stuff that you've done and all the
2: success, that the biggie thing's going to be popping up everywhere he, along with everything else. That, and, sure, but if I, ha, how about this? Like, he's so arrogant. Maybe that if I'm if if I'm saying to him, "Hey, there's a deal to be made here." Yeah, and and he smells money or whatever. Maybe he's that arrogant that he feels like he can play the system.
1: A hundred percent agree with that. Right. Not only does he, not only does he probably think he can, there wouldn't even be a doubt in his mind, and he would be beyond arrogant uh, to think that he could do that. That's the feeling that I get from him. That I got from him.
3: That yeah. You
1: want to talk about somebody that's walking around that thinks they are one hundred percent untouchable? It's him. Talk, yeah. You know what? Maybe maybe engage in the rampart stuff and even talk to him about. His relationship with Perez and the fact that, um, you know, he, he killed, he shot somebody that was about ready to shoot and kill Perez. And that's why Perez is so indebted to him and will basically take anything to the grave and never dime out Mac on anything.
2: It's pretty All interesting. Oh, right?
1: well, um, interesting, man.
2: Well, we, we got at least seven minutes of audio with Dave and Mac, which <laughs> I never thought we'd fucking have.
1: No, I that's that that's seven minutes more than I thought you'd get. You know what? Don, it's 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 worth um yeah, it's worth trying to engage in a conversation
2: with him it's, because it's worth planning plan it hour. out. Yeah. It's Absolutely. Worth, There's no downside. Yeah. You got his ear. So I mean
1: that that's that's a that's a that's a big a uh, big
2: plus right there. That's a good catch. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to just go and write an email cuz it's just fresh in my mind right now and I'll call you back. I'm going to write an email to him and just see what comes of it.
1: Yeah, cool.
2: Let me know. Okay, I'll call you right back. I'm always traveling, always on the road, and the first thing I do whenever I get settled into a new city is I DoorDash items I know I can't live without, and it almost feels like home. Water, alcohol, a charger from my phone, snacks, food from delicious local restaurants, and breakfast in the morning because you can't cook when you're living in a hotel. DoorDash, your door to more. So download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything from pet food to snacks to neck braces, alcohol, toothpaste, Joy-Con controllers for you gamers out there. Pretty much anything. You can get it. You must be 21 plus to order alcohol and drink responsibly. Alcohol is only available in select markets. DoorDash. Go download it. Come on. Get it done. Immerse yourself in the fascinating tale of Song of Solomon by the legendary Pulitzer Prize-winning author, Toni Morrison, a mesmerizing coming-of-age masterpiece that has captivated readers around the world. Follow the protagonist, Milkman Dead, who was born shortly after a neighborhood eccentric hurled himself off a roof in a vain attempt at flight. For the rest of his life, Milkman, too will be trying to fly. As Morrison follows Milkman on a quest to uncover his roots and himself in his Rust Belt hometown, to the place of his family's origins, she introduces an entire cast of strivers and cirruses, liars, and assassins, the inhabitants of a fully realized black world. As the New Yorker put it, Morrison moves easily in and out of the lives and thoughts of her characters, luxuriating in the diversity of circumstances and personality. Whether you're a seasoned reader or new to Toni Morrison, Song of Solomon is a must-read that will ignite your imagination and leave you wanting to read more Morrison. Song of Solomon, a timeless tale, that will stay with you long after you've turned its final page. Available now at TonyMorrison.com and wherever books are sold. Alright, so life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should Payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work. Up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn In app and verify your paycheck. Then, access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So maybe you need to get your kids something special, or you and the wife Need a scintillating night out. Every once in a while at least. So download Earn In Today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in the dossier under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, Daily Max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com forward slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Before circling back with Mac, I wanted to do some homework. Since the LAPD had never even questioned David Mac with regards to the Biggie murder, I had two files that I could look through to see how he's handled being questioned on this topic before. I had the FBI 302s from his prison interview with Phil and another FBI agent, plus his deposition from the civil suit brought by Valletta Wallace. I started with the FBI documents and no surprise, they sound just like Phil Carson described them to me. Here are a few excerpts. This is what Carson wrote in his report, and I quote, Mac was completely surprised when Carson sat down with him as he had not had a visitor in the year he'd been at Talladega FCI, the federal pen. For somebody who was in solitary confinement because he was jumped by six inmates and stabbed several times at his previous location, he seemed very upbeat and happy Mack was advised that the reason Carson was there to speak to him had nothing to do with the bank robbery, but any information he had regarding the Biggie Smalls murder. In a nine-year
1: career that David Mack had, I believe he was at LAPD officer for about like nine years or something like that, um, only twice did he take uh, family illness days once was before and a, like you said once before and after the bank robbery and the day before and day after of the Biggie killing now come to your own conclusions is that a coincidence you tell me
2: carson advised mac there are several people who have stated he's involved and he helped orchestrate the murder and that this would be an opportunity for him to clear his name Now, when he was asked if he had ever done off-duty work for Death Row Records or Suge Knight, Mack stated he hadn't and had never met or associated with Knight. Mack denied ever meeting Reggie Wright Jr. or ever working for Right Way Securities. When asked about his relationship with Kevin Gaines, Perez, Sammy Martin, Mack stated Say hi to Perez. He asked how Martin was doing and denied ever knowing or associating with Gaines. When advised that Sammy Martin wasn't doing so well, that he was looking for work, Mac stated, ah, It's too bad, in a very sarcastic way. Mac did add that if Carson spoke to Rafael Perez to tell him, Mac says hello. Mack was asked about his relationship with Harry Billups, a.k.a. Amir Muhammad. Mack stated he met Billups in 1979 while at the University of Oregon. Asked why Billups began going by his Muslim name. Mack stated he had just started practicing Islam and that Mack also started reading up on it. Mack stated he wasn't really good friends with Billups once he came back to L.A. and became an LAPD officer. Carson reminded him that Billups is the godparent to his children. Mac laughed and again avoided the question. When asked why Billups was the first person to visit him in jail after he was arrested for the bank robbery, Mac again smiled and started joking about something completely unrelated. When advised by Carson and the agents that they weren't there to tell jokes and laugh about this, that this was serious stuff and that Mac is lying about everything being talked about, Mac became very upset. After a few moments, Mac apologized and stated maybe they needed to take a one-hour break and start over again. Carson advised Mac he had already wasted enough of his time and that the interview was going to end. Mac suddenly had a change of demeanor and began speaking freely, not necessarily telling the truth regarding his track days in college or what he planned to do when he got out. When asked if he recently heard about a murder he committed with Perez that was originally ruled a good shoot by the LAPD, that this was in the newspaper and the LAPD made a $150,000 settlement with the victim, Mac again just laughed. When asked what was so funny about this incident, He stated, LAPD is just messed up. When advised that this investigation is looking into whether the LAPD or other law enforcement agencies had any involvement with death row records, and in particular, any officers working at the Peterson Automotive Museum the night Biggie was shot, Max stated he didn't know anything regarding this. Only what he read, in particular, what former LAPD officer Russ Poole has stated, Mac said it's completely false. When asked what information he had read that is false, Mac again just laughed and smiled and avoided the question. Carson ended his report by stating, during the two hours I spoke with Mac, he was always making light of things, always smiling, laughing, saying he liked me and could see himself being friends with me when he gets out. Carson wrote, basically, He came across as a cold-blooded killer who could shoot you in the back with a smile on his face.
1: Why does anybody, let alone a police officer, have three silencers for guns? Um, I'll let people read into that what they want. But is that normal? Absolutely not.
2: The next thing I did is I read through the deposition that was conducted by Rob Frank, one of the attorneys in a civil suit. No surprise. Mac denied anything and everything regarding his involvement in the Biggie murder or any connections to death row. However, one portion of the deposition definitely caught my eye. When he was questioned about his legal counsel and how it was paid for, here's what he said Question Is it true in your criminal defense you were defended by Donald Ray? Answer by Mac. The fifth question: Is it true your criminal defense was paid for by David Kenner? Mac again answers. The fifth question: Is it true that Mr. Kenner received the money from Shug Knight for the defense of the criminal case brought against you? Mac answers one more time. The fifth: For those of you that are unaware, Donald Ray was part of David Kenner's legal team in the famous Snoop Dogg murder trial.
3: David Kenner, you know what I'm saying, put on the bomb, bomb case. Donald Ray, Marshall Morris, he Paul Paladino, the whole Dream Team.
2: Donald Ray also represented other death row artists in criminal cases, and even represented David Kenner himself when he ran afoul of the law. Needless to say, it's more than suspicious that when he represented Mac in the bank robbery case, Mack refused to deny that his legal defense was arranged by Kenner and paid for by Suge. All in all, though, after looking through the interviews, it became pretty apparent that coming at David Mack directly regarding the Biggie murder was a brick wall. I gave Mack a call one night as we continued our conversation Hey David, how are you sir?
3: I'm well, and yourself?
2: Not bad, not bad. Um so from a business standpoint, you know, I think there's no I have no doubts that I can get you, you know, a deal, right? Um and in a, 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 a really good deal. I think what <laughs> it
3: Huh? <laughs> I was, I was just laughing. At you enhanced that, you know, to a really good deal. I'm
2: like, okay. As we continue to discuss business parameters and a potential deal, David would occasionally expand the conversation a little closer to home, including his answering a point that was disputed by Reggie Wright Jr. in season one of the dossier: the idea that David Mack didn't grow up in Compton. And then I think if you tell me. Hey, Don, this is what I really expected or wanted in order to tell, you know, my story because I know my story has value. It's a story that spans, you know, a very long period of time starting in Oregon and and going through, you know, my time in the LAPD, um my time as it relates, you know, to your prison sentence, all of these things. Right. This is a massive story.
3: My question is you say starting from Oregon why do you cut out my childhood growing up in Compton my adolescence you don't think that's relevant you um the foundation of everything
2: yes David I, I didn't mean to like say I that wasn't something I wanted to cover that 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 to me I think arguably you can make an argument might be the most fascinating part of it let's let's start there so in growing up in, in in Compton um is is that something that you think really defined your life or no of course yeah
3: yeah I mean you know, sometimes I look back I look like right now and I think um per population that city might have some of the most talent that's ever come out of course i'm just talking about academics i'm talking about sports yeah entertainment just for such a small area per capita they may we might have produced some of the greatest people you know
2: around just like damn what is it in the water or what he also confirms something that many of us have speculated for years. The Rampart scandal was really just a cover-up of a much greater criminality inside the LAPD. The other part of the conversation is in telling your story, right, as it relates to Compton, as it relates um, to Rampart, the LAPD, the bank robbery, etc. Is there anything that you won't talk about
3: that yeah, I won't talk about interesting I don't know it would, that would depends on legalities
2: that's what I, that's okay. what I'm that's what I'm yeah. saying is like is 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 there anything and, and obviously
3: John this must be a front because you don't know me other than the image that you've read so what has infected you or may not affect you I don't know
2: I hear you. So you'll talk about okay. Rampart? Of course. Okay. You'll talk about the bank robbery?
3: Of course. Okay. Now, here's the thing. That's my only concern is that because of the federal law, you can't profit from something like that. And that's where I need to be insulated.
2: And I guess the I will I will leave you with one question that I think has always sort of fascinated me is do you think the media as a whole got the Rampart-era story wrong?
3: The media as a whole... Well, you gotta, you gotta look at it from this perspective. I don't even know probably 75% of what was said or broadcasted because I was incarcerated at that time. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would say... Every, Everything that I've seen, seemed like 78% of it was all hyperbolic. It was based on inferences, no facts and proof, so... Yeah. But I can't really say if they got it wrong.
2: Because you're you're not working from any context of having watched anything that was reported on it, et cetera, because you were away.
3: Yes, exactly. All I saw was, you know, legal documents that I was privy to when the city got sued and I was defending myself so I read them you know yeah and you know all the things and allegations this that blah 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 you know but I would say that here's the funny thing okay or I shouldn't say funny thing sad thing I mean Rampart was isolated but it was no different from Southeast or 77th Division, as far as Probably all the violations, corruption, and all of that. So, um, you know, it was—I don't know what's the word—systemic. I mean, you just—you point out, point out. They call it the Rampart investigation. I guess that's where it started. But, this it, it was a lot. It was a lot.
2: It was systemic was, through the LAPD, in a sense, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And. My name was only in it because it was
3: synonymous
2: with Ray Perez,
3: so... Yeah. But that's your last question for the night. What's that, sir? Just the last question
2: for the night. It's obvious that David Mack has a story to tell, and maybe that story is different from anything that anyone has ever heard about the LAPD, the Rampart Scandal, and let's be honest, the homicide of Christopher Wallace. I know for sure a few things, although the LAPD will do anything in their power to cover up the murder of Big, it still is technically an open homicide investigation, and thus, there is no statute of limitations on that crime. Everything I've done on this podcast has been to just present all the evidence that exists, and I do know that Phil Carson and his investigation is unimpeachable. It's upright. And he did a thorough investigation. I hope to find the amount of money that David Mack needs to tell his story. But I also am cautious right now. What would I be getting myself into? What would David actually say about those LAPD years? And could I ever know what the truth is? Welcome to Season 2 of The Dossier. A special thanks to Richard Phillips, Kevin Connolly, Nicole Luciano, John Aganopoulos, Sergio Robledo, Brad Furman, Jess First, Zion, RJ Bond, Perry Sanders, Grace Sikorsky, and Little D, and many others who have helped me to investigate, distribute, create, and release The Dossier. The Dossier is a production of Criminal Minded Media and Action Park Media.